to flip this track again, y'all. Welcome into a new edition of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. I am your host, TJ McBride. You can find me on Twitter at TJ McBride NBA, and this time to my left, because we're in a different location hey. for once, is Brendan Vogt. I am your other host, Brendan Vogt. TJ and I are in the bowels of the Pepsi Center this time, doing a little mobile podcast action. Uh, TJ, strong win for the Nuggets. They only win by three, but the game never was really as close as the final court score. Yeah, it really didn't feel like it was that close. The reason that the game ended up getting so close there at the end was that you had a random Bogdanovich three. They were literally allowing the Pacers to score as many twos quickly as they wanted as to not allow them to catch up with three-pointers. So it actually made sense the way they were going about it. But this game never felt nearly as close as three points, except for in the very end of that second quarter. But the Nuggets really felt like they had control this entire game from start to finish. They end up beating the Pacers 107-104 in the Pets Center. This is the third straight victory for the Nuggets now, who are a half game away from the New Orleans Pelicans for the eighth seed in the Western Conference. That's wild. This is getting real. It's getting real. Yeah, they won all four quarters tonight, although a very low scoring uh, differential in each of these quarters, not like that Milwaukee game. So, while the game never really felt in danger for Denver, they also never truly pulled away. It was a strange game, almost anticlimactic, I thought. Yeah, and there was points where like they come out of halftime and they just took it at them. They started the game on a 9-0 run. They mm-hmm. started the second half on a 10-2 run. And there were so many moments where you're like, here it is. They're going to put them out. This is going to be a blowout. This is going to be one of those games where the Nuggets finally get some rest and beat a team that they are just somewhat better than. Like The Pacers are a very good team. They have a better record, but Denver is just more talented than Indiana, in my opinion. And I don't think Indiana matches up well with Denver. They don't shoot the three ball too well. They don't rebound very well. And so Miles Turner is certainly super talented. He presents a tough matchup for Nikola in that he's athletic. He can shoot. But Nikola is a much better interior player. And although he didn't have a huge game on the glass tonight, Jokic, the Nuggets did. And I thought that ended up being the difference in this one, TJ. The difference was rebounding for you, huh? Yeah. See, for me, I think the difference was that this Nuggets team was engaged from start to finish. Like, even when things got bad, even when the game started feeling like it was going back towards the Pacers' favor, they just stayed content, they stayed calm, they stayed together, and they handled business from start to finish. And I think that was the biggest surprise for me. And even after the game, Will Barton talked about it, and there was this quote that he said where he said, we knew they were going to make a run, but it was different because we never felt like we were not in control of the game. Right. There was no panic. We just had to get back on track, get some stops, and get some easy buckets. And that is exactly what they did. Yeah. And I think that's really important to look at. Yeah, because we've seen them panic multiple times down yeah. the stretch. They almost did a little bit in the third quarter, okay? So they went on on that nice run to start the quarter, and then the Pacers made a push. They got consecutive stops. They scored on the other end, and we saw the Nuggets tighten up. All of a sudden, Murray's looking over his shoulder again back at Malone, which, as we've talked about a lot with this Nuggets team, is not what you want to see. <laughs> you want to see them playing freely. Malone's a smart guy, but the, the, the called plays, the set plays, that's when Denver seems to tighten up, get nervous, and, and play as if there's pressure. Um, but they didn't completely melt down this time. Jokic put his foot down. Jokic put his foot down. And he really took over the game. I had to pepper him today to get him to take like actual credit for himself being better. Like I had to ask him three questions just to get him to be like, yes, I am better defensively this year. Yes, I did try to get better at this. He just wouldn't say it. But he he was good tonight defensively and offensively. Yeah, I'm glad you led with defensively. I thought it was one of his better efforts of the season on that end. Obviously, we're talking about a guy who's relatively limited athletically. Yeah. But he's a 
smart basketball player. He knows what teams are trying to do on offense, and he put the requisite effort in tonight to make an impact on that end. I actually thought TJ, all of the starters did. Yeah, and I thought tonight was one of those nights for Nikola Jokic sticking with him for a second. I thought this was arguably his best game as a Denver Nugget because, oh, wow. let's wow. put it this way, the Indiana Pacers, they if the Nuggets lose this game and you lose this momentum that they've built, it could be damning down the line for the rest of the season. In addition to that, Nikola Jokic scored 30 points on 17 shots. Nikola Jokic was 4 of 6 from the 3-point line. Nikola Jokic had 7 assists, which is fine for him. The thing that got me was that even though he had four turnovers, he negated those four turnovers by getting four steals, and I would bet he had seven or eight deflections in this game yeah, tonight. He was so good on both ends of the floor, yeah. and then when the Nuggets needed him, when the second half came around, and the game stayed close, and they needed somebody to give some separation, Nikola Jokic had three straight back-to-back-to-back buckets for the Nuggets. He was getting out in transition, he was still playmaking, he was playing with that sense of urgency the entire game. Like, there was not a moment where you watched him and you looked at him and you were like, he's kind of moping. He looks no. like he's kind of out of his no. element. Not one point in this game did I think that, and that's why I said this could be one of the most impactful games he's had as a member of the, of the Denver Nuggets. He was super confident. And so confident. It rubbed off on me. It got to the point where he was taking <laughs> jumpers and I'm thinking cash. Cash but, money. You know, the thing is, we've talked a lot about what it means for Jokic to be aggressive and be involved. And yes, it means more than just chucking up shots, but... When your best player scores points, you've got a better chance at winning. The Nuggets are 8-3 and three now this season when he scores 20 or more points. He scored 30 points tonight. First time in his career, believe it or not, that Jokic has had back-to-back 30-point games. That would kind of surprise me. But, yeah, I didn't notice yeah. that, actually. But now he actually has... Okay, think of it this way. Let's go back to the start of last year. If I asked you, do you think Nikola Jokic could be the leading scorer of a championship team? You would have laughed me out of the room. Yeah, probably. Nikola Jokic has six 30-point games this year. Nikola Jokic has 23 games of 20 or more points this year. At what point do we start looking at this as Nikola Jokic could not – he's not just going to be this savant-like playmaker that he is. He can score with almost anybody in the NBA when he decides to go after it. I know. Everyone – and rightfully so. Everyone's lauding this Carl Anthony Towns 56-point game that he put up, and that was an incredible game. I'm not – But Jokic would never go into the block and just look to score every single time down like that. Yeah. It's a difference in terms of how they play, but at the same time, Carl Anthony Towns is not going to – to put up games where he has 30 and 7 right. very often. And, and the thing is, Jokic actually will put up games where he has 40, even 50 points. We've seen him do it. You don't think of him that way because he doesn't look to but shoot 25. he has 40-point games now. He's a deadly scorer, man, when he wants to be. He was tonight. It was huge for the Nuggets. And, you know, when you have an ugly game like this one, I think sometimes the outcome can be dictated by which star player has a better game. And Jokic looked really, really good. And Victor Oladipo, I thought, was relatively quiet in this game. He finishes with 25-7, and over 50% from the field. But some of those points were picked up in garbage time. You mentioned the easy twos Denver was giving up down the stretch. At no point did Oladipo really threaten the outcome of this game for Denver. He never really took over the game. So solid box score for the guy. But I thought that was the difference. Like, Nuggets created more possessions than Indiana. They wreaked havoc on the offensive rebounds, and their star was just better than Oladipo. Yeah. yeah. Let me ask you this. Going back to Carl Anthony Towns' conversation, like, I think that Jokic is not as good as a pure scorer as Carl Anthony well, he's Towns not. is. He's not. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Carl Anthony Towns has been molded as that kind of player. Nikola yeah. Jokic is not. 
Do you, if I told you that Carl Anthony Towns has 23 games this year of 20 points or more or five assists or more in the season, you would laugh at me, but Nikola Jokic has already done that. Yeah. Nikola Jokic has 23 games of 20 points or five assists or more. 23. He consistently is able to not just get his, but make everybody else around him better. And yeah. I think that's why we got to look at this as even more important because the Nuggets are able to continue battling and continue putting this pressure on teams because Nikola Jokic is not one-dimensional. The, 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 the Timberwolves can lose games in which Caller Anthony Towns has 50 points. The Nuggets do not lose games when Nikola Jokic has 20 and 5. It's true. It's true. And now, look, I'm not trying to turn this into a Jokic over Towns thing. It's just, you don't think, you know, Towns, you go, okay, there's that raw score putting up 56. The league didn't lose their minds when Jokic dropped 52. Or was it? Did he drop 52? No, he 42. He's never, 42. never had yeah, a 50 52. Point game. Yeah, I don't he know. He had 42 in the garden. That's what I'm thinking of. And then the, the Brooklyn game this year, he had 40 plus, right? Uh, yes, he did. He had 40 on the dot. Yeah, he's never gotten to 50, but he, he can get up there and he does it in such an efficient fashion. So, yeah, it's not flashy like Towns. And but... let, let me, when's the last time we saw Nikola Jokic force a shot? I mean, that's the other side of it. The Wolves have nobody else but Carl Anthony Towns with, with Jimmy Butler out, with Teague hurting, with Andrew Wiggins being whatever the hell Andrew Wiggins is. Yeah. He just needed to eat. I mean, so he went down there and shot. 36 times, I think, that night to be able to get to that number. Nikola Jokic is never going to be that guy. He's four shots earlier in the year. Well, he was forcing, forcing shots threes, is one but, thing. But... Look, he's not the guy who, look, he doesn't want to take 20-plus shots a game. And so, I, ultimately, I think that's a good thing. He was great tonight, man. He was really, really good. And, uh, okay, so let's look ahead now. The Nuggets have the Timberwolves in town on Thursday. Yeah, sorry if we stopped talking briefly. The Spurs are currently playing the Clippers. Choking. There away. is 2.9 seconds left. And the Clippers somehow lead by one suddenly when they were down all night. So we'll see what happens with that. We'll update as we go, even though you won't care because by the time you listen to this podcast, the game will be over. But. Okay, so it looks like the, the, the Clippers might hang on. The Jazz did win tonight. But the Thunder lost. The Thunder did lose. That was um, a big loss. And the Nuggets now sit just one game back in the loss column of, is it four teams ahead of them? Three teams? Ooh, in the loss column, I believe it's four. Yeah, Let me pull this up teams. while we're talking. Yeah. Give me some bossa nova music while I do this. Um, the Nuggets right now are there, so they're twenty games back. They have thirty-five losses. So Oklahoma City has thirty-four. Minnesota has thirty-four. New Orleans has thirty-four, and the Nuggets have thirty-five. Yeah. Wow. So that is where we're at in terms of losses. The Nuggets are only one loss back. The crazier part of this is that the Nuggets are only – well, now that Utah flipped, the, the, Oklahoma City was in the five seed. The Nuggets were only a game and a half back of the five seed. Now it's the six seed after Utah had ended up winning. But Nuggets are only <coughs> a game and a half out of the six seed. That's wild. I just I can't believe how quickly things turn in this NBA. It is absolutely incredible to watch. Now, like you said, let's look ahead. The Nuggets now face the Minnesota Timberwolves coming up next. And Jimmy Butler is going to be back, right? It has not been officially stated that okay. he will be back. Jimmy Butler has played five on five. He has a full practice underneath his belt. The Wolves have are, are going to have four days off before playing the Nuggets to where he gets the rest as well as practice. And this is a game the Wolves need to have. If they win this game, they will lock up the tiebreaker with the Nuggets and that will be over. Done, said, and done. It, it does not matter. Yeah, with that in mind, obviously we don't know. I'm just asking you, any chance they force Gary Harris back out there? Not for the Minnesota Timberwolves game. No. I don't think that he'll play against the – is it the Portland game directly after that? No, it's the Clippers game directly after that. So I do not believe that you're going to see Gary Harris play against the first Wolves game. I think if they beat the Wolves – 
and you really do have a legit shot to not only lock up the tiebreaker against the Wolves, but as well the Jazz, I think you can see the Nuggets kind of push Gary back into this lineup to really try and make a run at things against Portland after the Clippers game. Leading, That's the way you know, I see it. Leading scorer, divisional gauntlet, 10 the season. Ooh, not leading scorer anymore. Nikola Jokic keeps yeah. balling out. Yeah, he's, I think he's at true. 18 now, Nikola Jokic. Um, By the way, Nikola Jokic's line of 17 points, 10 rebounds, and 6 assists, and 1 steal in a season has only ever been matched by Larry Bird, Kevin Garnett, and Russell Westbrook last year when he averaged a triple-double. Yeah, but that is none of group. those guys are very good at basketball. So it, none of them. And, but what's really enough. incredible is that none of them are centers. Kevin right. Garnett was a power forward on that team. Yeah. Larry Bird was a small forward in those 80s years, those like mid-80s. So it's pretty incredible that Nikola Jokic is the only center to ever do this, and he's 23 years old. It's funny. It got to a point where a couple of people tweeted in the offseason that he should be top 10, top 15, and then we saw this backlash against Jokic. He was so underrated that then he became overrated. I still think he's underrated. I really do. Well, I think we don't, like, we don't know how good he can be yet. Yeah. There's still so much untapped potential within him that I just I, I don't know what it's going to end up being. I just don't know yet. But and he's I incredible. I cannot wait to see what happens. Was there anybody else? You, oh, you should oh, know a couple of things real quick. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, so first and foremost, let's, some news. Tory Craig, after taking a nice shot to the face, he ended up re-entering the game. He is not in concussion protocol, and he does not have a broken nose. His nose was still bothering him in an incredible amount after the game. I talked to him briefly. Um, couldn't breathe out of it. Still had some blood. It was not a very fun or pretty sight, but it is looking like Tory Craig is going to be okay. Okay. Wilson Chandler also played pretty well tonight, considering that he was playing with a mask on his face. Ended up with 10 points, 6 rebounds, and an assist. Did not have a turnover tonight. Was a plus 11. Played pretty good defense, I thought, throughout the night. Yeah. The one guy I really wanted to get to was Will Barton. Yeah, he uh, 10 for 18. Yeah. 26 points, strong game. He this opened is his the second straight game with 10, 10 or more rebounds. And the second time in like the last two or three weeks that he's scored the first nine points of the game. <laughs> That's also the true. Um, he cooled off for a bit after that. But yeah, Barton was good. I thought it was a, a, a very good, and this is a relative description, but a very good defensive game from Will Barton. I agree with that. I completely agree with that. Yeah. I thought the Nuggets as a whole battled across the board defensively tonight. Definitely. I don't remember any singular player. I was like, you're struggling defense. Ah, uh, Trey Lyles had some bad moments defensively yeah. tonight. Outside of Trey Lyles, though, Devin Harris had good minutes tonight. Torrey Craig had some very good minutes tonight. Mason Plumley, he only played 10 minutes, but they weren't that bad. I mean, no. he was a minus 10, but there were moments where you're like, all right, you're keeping people above water, but that bench unit just struggled. Another monster block on Sabonis. A Huge block. But yeah. Jamal Murray was a better defender than advertised tonight. Will Barton was a better defender than advertised tonight. Nikola Jokic was a better defender than advertised tonight. Paul Millsap was a very good clutch defender tonight. He was great in the fourth quarter. And Wilson Chandler battled and battled and battled to be a good defender tonight. And that's sort of what encourages me about this win. Nuggets didn't shoot well from the floor. Shot very poorly from deep. But they played defense. They won the offensive rebounding battle. And they did the little things that they don't usually do. So that's a good win. And um, until next time, huh? God, I can't believe we do this every other day. It's, it's insane. Even crazier now, too, the Clippers climbed back within one game because they just Did beat they the Spurs by three. They were down by 18 at one point, if I remember correctly, and they managed to come back and steal that game. This is what stupid, man. a freaking series this has been. Like This Western Conference just refuses to die. There is not a singular team in this Western Conference that is falling off or going to die off in any way. I just don't see it happening. It's incredible, man. It changes just about every night. We will check in on it again and keep you guys updated in a couple of nights after that Timberwolves game, man. Um, let's get out of here, dude. Let's get out of here. That is your quick you know, what do you want to call this? Just our in the bowels of the Pepsi Center quick podcast, a little 15 minutes for all of you guys. Pick and pop. 
There you go. Uh, Pick and Pop Podcast. Pick and Pod? Ooh. That's a good one. I might bad. have to. I'm, I'm, I'm going to write this down. Yeah. Um, it's not that hard to remember. Definitely <laughs> go to milehighsports.com. Go look at Brendan's post game he wrote tonight. I also have a way too long film study on how Paul Millsap has improved with this Nuggets unit, and he is doing it with Nikola Jokic. There is also like a thousand other articles that we've written in the past three days, and I will also be writing a piece about how Will Barton is really embodying this resilient and they just this refusing to, to die mentality that this Nuggets team has. So look for that up in the morning. But as, as this stands, that's all from us. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Be good.